0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking is a show that explores issues that relate to you and your family. To find out what we're all about, subscribe to the podcast by using any podcast app or by downloading our MPB Public Media app.
2: Good morning and welcome into you. It is time for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I am Jay White. We thank you for listening this morning. And uh, we have our uh, guests with us, Jeremy Thompson, the Hattiesburg Computer Doctor. Jeremy, what's going on, man? You doing all right this morning? Good
3: morning, Jay. Yeah, doing all right. Uh, yesterday, on the other hand, a uh, bit of a crazy day. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The day a right before of- the show, of course. Yeah. It sounds like a I'll story to look- tell. Launch right into it. You know? <laughs> okay, so uh, previously I've given all C a good bit of flack, uh, As you, if you've been listening. Uh, my wife recently upgraded her phone, and I helped her do it, and the process was not great. And even after uh, using the new HIP eSIM, she was still having issues getting SOS alerts and whatnot, saying she had no service on her – not alerts, but um, uh, telling her that she had no service on her phone. So I was like, ha, should have gotten a Samsung. <laughs> yesterday Uh-oh. I woke up like any other day, uh the night before, not not so Monday night, uh my phone had installed an update and everything was fine. And then I was in Home Depot yesterday and somebody sent me a text asking me if I fixed phones, and I like responded to it and put my phone back in my pocket. Then I went to lunch and my phone was like you have no service. I was like, "Oh, what? Okay." So I just, you know, restarted it. Still no service. I was like, "All right, that's weird." Um, well, let me take the SIM card out and put it back in. So I took the SIM card out and put it back in. Still no service. I was having lunch with my buddy Alan, and uh, I looked over at him after you know resetting network settings and everything on my phone, I was like, "Dude, what do I do?" I was like, "Wait a minute." I know a guy who works on this stuff. Wait a minute. I'm the guy. okay, this is bad so i was I was completely taken aback. I was like what what exactly has happened to my phone? So I went to my office and I grabbed my trusty backup phone t m and uh put the sim in that, and it still didn't work, so somehow between. Home Depot and lunch, my SIM card just decided alright, I'm out. So that was interesting. Um so I I wanted to get in touch with AT and T to be like, Oh yeah, I need a need an ESIM here. Because you know, an ESIM doesn't require a physical SIM card, so it seems like a good idea. Yeah. So I was like, All right, cool, yeah, let's let's do an ESIM. I'm sure they can just install this over the phone, it'll probably take a few minutes. I wish. I like your so, antagonistic
2: uh, antagonistic
3: right. voice. That's pretty funny. Oh, I got to make fun of myself. Right, know? right, right. So I called them. I appreciate I like, yeah. that.
2: You just don't do that for customers, but you also make fun of yourself
3: when you're trying to find an answer to something. I absolutely have that, to. Much respect for that. Thank you. <laughs> so I got on the phone with AT&T, and I was like, hey, I have verified that my SIM is dead. I've tried it in another phone. It will not work. I would like to install an eSIM on my phone. he's like, yes, sir, I can help you with that. And so we're going through the process and everything's cool. I'm like, this is great. This is the future. This is awesome. <laughs> and he's like, all right, now we're going to send a code to your phone and I need you to verify that code. And I was like, well, wait a second. I don't have any service. I literally had to borrow a, someone's phone to call you because I have no service. Like, it would only make emergency calls. It was really, really weird. Yeah. So – He's like, all right, well, uh, we're going to send the message and see if it goes through. And I'm sitting here going, okay, dude, um, you know, I know you're the guy at AT AT&T, but I also know a little bit about how these things work. Hey, man, he's just doing the He's doing this thing that it told him to do the next step. Right. And I was hoping (laughs) like magically somehow through Wi-Fi, it was just going to connect to my phone. I gave him this ridiculously long number. Longer than an IMEI number on a phone, which is normally the number that we give people, um, it was it was so long. It was just absurd. So I give him this number. He says he can send the message through, and he's like, all right, I'm going to send the message through. We're going to see if it magically comes through Wi-Fi. Well, uh, it doesn't. And so he's like, "Unfortunately, sir, because you can't get the code, I can't verify that you're you, even though I've already given like my pin number and all this other stuff to verify I am me." <laughs> he's like, "It's uh that's not enough. We got to get the code. So there's nothing we can do for you. You have to go to the AT&T store." And I was like, "Oh, well that's just That's just the cherry on top of this day, right? Right. So I go to the AT&T store, and they were – this took a while, by the way, because I wasn't able to just run to the AT&T store. Um, And also, when your phone has no data and you like to just randomly Google things – Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That's like so much trouble. Hey, what does that guy look like? What's his name? Oh, yeah. I have no service. Uh, That happened at least five times yesterday. It's awful. So anyways – I went to the AT&T store, and they were cool about it. And I was like, look, I want one of them hip new eSIMs because it doesn't require a physical card. So if there's no physical card in my phone, it can't just randomly die again. And she was like, yeah, I wouldn't recommend you get an eSIM. We have to fix those for people a lot. She's like, I don't even know why they're doing this eSIM thing. So I got a physical SIM card. (laughs) That goes without saying. Um, But I'll say it anyway. But she said that they've had nothing but issues. So I can't just rag on C Spire anymore. It seems that the eSIM is a problem. So um, <laughs> if anybody out there has had any issues, you've recently upgraded your phone. They had one of these magical eSIMs for you and you had trouble. I'd like to hear from you today to know about that experience and just exactly how that's working out for you now. There you go. So let's crowdsource some experience for the eSIM. Uh oh.
2: Good morning, Wiltz. What's My going on, man? Regular SIM. All right. What's going What's on? That? What's going on, Wiltz? How are you? Good morning.
4: Oh man. Good morning. Just popped in on you guys. You know, I figured I'd sneak around the corner.
2: <laughs> Just in time, too.
4: Yeah. No, I've got iPhone 14 Pro. No, uh, no regular SIM. Only eSIM. So I actually have two in it. Um. But I haven't tried to make any changes or done anything with it. It seems to have been working okay. Um, But, yeah, I I hope it continues to work okay because, like I said, there is no other option. There's no uh, no tray in them
3: anymore. They don't have SIM drawers, yeah. So there's no – hopefully it works and it keeps on working. So you said multiple e sims. Would this be
2: in case you wanted to have two carriers on that? And that seems like a thing that wouldn't be a thing in North America.
4: It's Actually, I'm. Um, I have my regular personal, and I also have a first net account.
2: Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah,
4: but both both are with AT and T, but one is one is basically for um, for business and such. And so you know, yeah, it has two. It has two numbers. I have two phone numbers going into
3: it. Understood. Very cool. You can do that with with, one, with one phone. Yeah, I've never tried before with uh, dual sim, trying two different carriers. But I don't really know much other reason that you would have a dual sim. You know, unless you're going, I, I don't know. It just doesn't make much sense to have one on the same carrier unless you're have unless you have two phone numbers like Wiltz does. Yeah. Yeah. But I would think if the phone were unlocked that you would be able to use a SIM from AT&T and one from Verizon or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or Maybe if you're yeah, a, we, if you're a international traveler, maybe
2: you have a carrier overseas or something like that. One of the other kinds. Yeah. Maybe so. But yeah, that's, that's very, very interesting. And, uh i applaud you for only looking for your phone for an answer to something like only five times in a day
3: that's that's not bad uh it, that was conservative it was probably way more than that <laughs> i just i can only remember like a few specific instances where i was like oh yeah no
2: service right right Wilts, well, man what's been going on in your world uh, of tech in the last week or so what have you been facing
4: uh, well, the biggest thing we've been facing I don't know if, uh, if it, hopefully it didn't affect you guys yesterday, but Microsoft had a nasty little um, cloud authentication outage that was sporadically taking out people's emails, not logging, not allowing um, Azure AD logins. So we were having all kinds of folks that couldn't get in, couldn't get to their email. But it wasn't everybody. It was just a few people here and a few people there. And uh yeah, so that was the yesterday. that's the, the problem in most recent traumatic memory. Um,
3: traumatic memory. Yeah, I love I it. Think,
4: yeah. I think it ended up going down at about four o'clock in the morning yesterday, and I think we got the I got the notice around four in the afternoon. They had finally found a remediation and got it fixed. But Yeah, it made for a made for a fun day. Other people calling he's like, Can't get into my email. I was like, well, my email works just fine. But
2: um, Yeah. I don't know if yeah, it, if, if, if if it gave companies that use Microsoft Teams as opposed to other things if, if it looks like Teams is one of the things that took you know took on some challenges yesterday I wonder how, my, how many excuses that gave people who just want to kind of dump on Teams it's an easy thing to do uh, but
4: team, Teams had an issue this morning too they had a, a couple of about I got a couple of pop-ups on they had a couple of hours for some people I think it was another authentication issue um, but they got that one fixed <laughs>
3: <laughs> what has Microsoft done to the people <laughs> I mean, they've I, driven I, I, everyone to cloud-based services. So yeah. when there's an outage, it's a big one. <laughs> that's true.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. It wasn't
4: a this wasn't a localized thing, man. We got it. Uh, we started hitting some of the the blogs online. It was all over the place.
3: Very interesting. north
4: I mean, only in North America, but still, that's a that's a little bit of a large area.
3: We've definitely seen some major outages. Microsoft, Google, Facebook—they've all gone down majorly in the last year, at least one time. Yeah, interesting.
2: It looks like uh, maybe Microsoft has brought some specific hire among the people very recently for some reason. All right. So a couple of things to get into today after we uh, take this first break, including um, uh, one of the main stories being that uh, Netflix, which was gave people an update starting in February about what they were going to do with sharing, they went ahead and put that forward and the people were Boo. not ready. They were warned. Boo. But they were Shame not, on you, Netflix. <laughs> they're still not ready. And then we also have a story about uh, Mississippi being named the state with the least online gamers in the country. They rank last out Boo. of 50 states. And uh, the, the, it up, those numbers. I know, right? The, the, the southern states, as you may expect— Um, they don't take up like the bottom 12 rankings in the list. Virginia is 12th, which is pretty interesting to me. But, uh, as you expect the Southern, the deep South States kind of rack up a bunch of the lower rankings on the list. along with the States that are typically down there that are not super populated, like West Virginia, Wyoming, Alaska, New Mexico, Idaho, and the like. But uh, Nevada is down there, and you're like, Las Vegas? What? Anyway, so we'll get into this list, and we'll also talk about your issues with Netflix and the passwords and the sharing and what you got to do now and what the new premiums are and the new price point for Netflix and What that means for whether or not you go somewhere else or are you going somewhere else? I've had two people this week. We are just Wednesday morning of this week and I've had two people talk to me already this week about how much YouTube TV costs these days and I 100% agree. I had to tell both of them for several years. I was an outright fanboy for YouTube TV. I would I would bleat the call for YouTube TV out loud on this here radio station and show. And then there was a point where cutting the cord stopped saving you money. And now it costs more money than you had to begin with. What trick have they pulled on on us? Guys, here we go. Netflix. They put out an update on sharing in a post on the 8th of February this year. And they say, we've always made it easy for people who live together to share their Netflix account with features like profiles and multiple streams. While he's been hugely popular, they've also created confusion about when and how you can share Netflix. Uh, No, it doesn't. If you could share it, you could share it. There's no confusion about that. You made it where people could share it, Netflix. I think that was your confusion. Anyway, today over – that's not part of the statement. Today, over 100 million households are sharing accounts, impacting our ability to invest in great new TV and films. Now, that makes very much sense. That makes a lot of sense. If 100 million potential accounts are being shared, man, I don't don't want my – Revenue divided in half over 100 million users. That seems like a lot of lost money. So I understand what they're saying. And yes, there's no doubt that that would impact their ability to invest in TV and films. But let's not make it sound like they're the only people that do that investing either. So they say over the last year, they've been exploring different approaches to address the issue in Latin America. Basically, they said they were using Latin America as a guinea pig to figure out how to test these things. And now they're ready to roll them out more broadly in the coming months. Now, the coming months uh, started this this past week or it's two. It's here. There's Abram Nanny. He is the engineer for this show. Abram, what <laughs> you what happened to your regular Netflix experience?
0: If you didn't hear, that was a big sigh. It was. That was a big sigh. It was a heavy sigh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we went to go. We've been in the middle of watching I Think You Should Leave on Netflix, um, which very expletive show. I wouldn't recommend it necessarily, but we've been in the middle of watching it. Um, and we went to go turn it on Saturday. We had a chill day. We finally got done with all of our stuff. We were going to turn it on, and Netflix, we launch it, and it has this error screen that says, you are not connected to this this account's home network. Mm. So the Needless to say, we're not able to get into it because we are not logged in to the Wi-Fi that uh, my brother uses. We're using my brother's account. We have been for... Probably six or seven years. My whole family. He's paid. All my right, brother bro, pays for the whole family. He's a. He's I want a, you
3: to try something. What a good guy. I want you to change the name of your network to your brother's network and see if it works. <laughs>
0: just just the name of it. Just the yes, ID. Just
3: the, yeah. Just the SSID. Just change it to what your brother's is. Exactly as it appears. And tell me what happens.
0: That is not a bad idea.
3: Some. Well, every once in a while, I have a (laughs) Now, look, from what
0: what I understand,
2: depending on where you get this screen, at the bottom, it says, did we get it wrong? You have options. Right. And there are two two buttons you can press down here. One that says update Netflix household, or the other says I'm traveling.
3: Yes. Different name network with a range extender. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I'm sorry I interrupted that way.
0: Oh, no, that's just like, so I'm pretty sure the I'm traveling thing is for, you know, obviously if you're traveling and stuff. But my question comes for the college kids who, you know, can't pay for their own Netflix account can't operate it themselves. So if they're off in college, they're on their family's account. How do they actually get that entertainment?
3: They're going to pay $7.99 extra each month (laughs) for that service premium from Netflix with 4K streaming. Well, mom and dad are.
0: Mom and dad. Most
3: likely. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And they're cool with that. Yeah. They kind of knew that was coming anyway, right? Anyway. I was
4: like, thankfully, my kids moved back home or else they would have been getting me on that because Lord knows they were streaming up there every service possible. There you go.
0: But I I am with you, Jay. Like, I I get why they're doing it. It hurts my feelings. Mm -hmm. I get why they're doing it because they're not getting like ad revenue off of, you know, how many times something's viewed or anything like that.
2: And I'm I'm not beyond thinking to myself that Netflix knew what they were doing all along. And when they saw the explosion of their service, I don't know, maybe somebody had the idea to basically let the system be fleeceable for a long time until you get, you know, people kind of fundamentally hooked on your product and then tell them, oh, wait, now you got to pay for it. Yep. That's a little conniving, but we're talking about the tech industry, so it's right up there, Allen.
3: Yeah, yeah. And back uh, to the fleecing of the technology for a moment <laughs> here, because you know that's where I'm really like uh-huh. I, I like to push buttons. So there has to be a way to get around this. And I wanna know if it's that simple. Because if it's that simple, I love it. This is it's funny because when these companies implement these things, it's always like a light try. And I'm sure that they've covered this, but there's always that that possibility because, you know, for a while, like, the reason that, that uh, the big iCloud hack happened back in, like, what, 2015, 2016 was because they didn't allow a limit on how many times you could put in an incorrect password. And so that's what allowed hackers to brute force. Oh, my goodness. It. So, you know, I'm Oof, always trying to think. What an oversight. Like so... Try the SSID thing and see if that works. I oh. would. I would really like to know if it's yeah. just checking the name. For sure. I assume it's also checking the IP address because it wouldn't. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. But again, they try to apply these things as quickly as they can. So it's like, all right, we'll filter it like this, and then we'll we'll deal with it later if nobody figures it out.
2: That really simple I question. Hope. All they can say is no, right? All right. I can all right. I can say so is like, this won't know, when, work. But in the meantime, when, Jeremy's looking for that one. Comical answer that 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 world-renowned program may give you that he can laugh at
3: at the same time. Look, I grew up being that kid that needed that 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 free Netflix. <laughs> like, Absolutely, like, you have to understand. So back in the day, Jeremy, when, when I say net zero, what does extend- that mean to you? If I say net zero, what does that mean to you? Uh, I actually never used that because we had net door. There we go. Which is right, like just- one of the cheapest. <laughs> Internets in Mississippi, but it was great.
2: They're contemporaries, great absolutely. Or they were. Anyway, go ahead. But
3: back in those NetDoor days, some software, at most software, was able to be tricked. Like, if it, you know, you would have like a certain amount of time you could use the software. So like you can use it for 60 days. You could go to your system clock and <laughs> back your data six months, and suddenly you'd be able to use the software again. So, you know, that's where I came from. That's the mentality I operate with, and I want to know how to get around this just because that's just my general curiosity. I like to, I like to see how to, how to bypass those things.
2: I can remember a day when you could gimmick some apps on phones
0: by adjusting your clock. Well, didn't games used to forth? do that too? Like you could have a game Truly. where it would have like a certain feature only available like on Halloween day. Yeah, yeah. Something so you could just switch the date to October 31st and you'd have some oh, wow. item. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
3: Absolutely.
2: All right. So Netflix, about to kick your best friend off your account unless you pay for them to share your account. Started last Tuesday, the 20th. 7
3: 99 is high. Didn't they say it was going to be like $1.99 or something? I thought it was going to be semi-reasonable, but this is like uh, gouging. Seven
2: ninety nine. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, well, I wonder what That's the, what, like what, what do the people the cost
3: think of the original plan?
2: If you were on your mom's or your sister's or your best friend's Netflix account and just the way that family situation works out, maybe you got bumped off that family tree, <laughs> the Netflix family tree Uh $7.99. What does that say to you? Is that too much or is it I'd just like right? I'd like to
3: note that everyone is using Netflix as a guinea pig for this password thing. Mm-hmm. Every other streaming service is sitting by going, What's going to happen? Watching super Whether closely. Make money or lose money. Yep.
2: Yep. If you have the Netflix standard plan that costs fifteen forty nine per month, and that's a random number, then you have the option of adding one extra member who can Only use one. the service outside of your household. Now, so I'm, I'm supposing, and I, I didn't read all the way through this, but you have five sub, in your account, you have like five logins, basically, five different people who can log in. So I'm assuming that you get to keep that depending on Mm -hmm. where those people log in from their IPs or where their IPs are logging in from. Time will tell. And then now you can add an extra one that I guess is IP independent for $7.99 essentially. But like you said, it's interesting that they said you can add, you have the option of adding one extra member and that's it.
3: You can still VPN into your own home network, yeah. and we got you Netflix. <laughs> See, he's
2: he's think he's he's not even listening to what we're saying. He's thinking <laughs> of ways to scam <laughs> Netflix. He's totally on his own now. Anyone who pays for the Netflix premium package with 4K streaming has the option of adding two extra members, but one will still cost another 7.99. The U.S. isn't the only country where the new rules are rolling out either. Is Netflix and the UK will charge subscribers 4.99. Uh, each month for extra member slots. That's $4.99, uh, 5 euros, basically. Netflix subscribers on its two cheapest plans, basic or standard with ads, which cost $10 and $7 a month, respectively, don't have the option to add extra members to their account at all. You'll just keep watching ads, fella. Netflix subscribers in the US who share their service outside of their household, quote unquote, will get an email about the company's password sharing policies beginning last Tuesday. Hopefully you got that. According to the blog post, you got to ask your brother if he got it.
0: I need to. If he didn't, um, or if he did and he didn't tell me, yeah. we're going to have a problem. Or maybe the person
2: okay. he's stealing
3: the Netflix account from yeah. got the email. Yeah. So what stops the extra member account from sharing its password? If it's allowed to be the roaming <laughs> account, don't we just move up to the next one? I mean, we got to pay seven ninety nine more. But now we just, you know, we just split that in half, or with however many family members we're sharing it with. Now, Wilts, so have
2: you thought about maybe just turning this into a revenue stream off your kids? Like, just like, even though they've moved back, just be like, hey, this is this is eight dollars a month now. You got to pay me in cash up front.
4: No, they they, <laughs> they were the ones telling me about this change coming in, and I wasn't really paying attention. So um, the, the jig's already up; they already know.
2: Oh, they missed an opportunity, <laughs> Dad. It's eight more dollars a month. <laughs> There you go. A support page explaining the new setup describes extra members as someone who'll have their own password and profile, Jeremy, paid for by the person who, quote unquote, invited them to join. Extra member accounts also have their own set of restrictions. They have to be activated in the same country. They can only view or download content on one device at a time, and they can't create extra profiles or log in as a kid's profile either. Your Netflix household, according to the company, is set based on where you watch Netflix on a TV and what IP address that device uses. That location can be reset using the app on a TV or a device connected to a TV by choosing to confirm or update your household and responding to a verification leak sent to the account's listed email address or phone number. Uh, and so Netflix says in this uh, email, we use information such as IP addresses, device IDs, and account activity to determine whether a device signed into your account is part of your Netflix household. Uh, we do not there collect that G- first option. <laughs> we do not collect GPS data to try to determine, determine the precise physical location of your devices. If a Netflix household hasn't been set, we will automatically set one for you based on IP address, device IDs, and account activity. Basically, whichever one's watching it the most, that's going to be your home. Uh, At that point, you can always update your Netflix household from a TV by connecting to your Internet and following the steps provided. So Netflix at one time, according to The Verge, used to be pro password sharing in March 2017, a mere six or seven years ago. It famously tweeted, love is sharing a password. And that tweet, as of this writing, is still up. But in early 2022, it's starting testing ways to end the practice and get people to pay for accounts using Netflix outside of the account's owner's household. Yeah, that, that tweet from 2017, love is sharing a password. That has, not age well. It has 37,000 quote tweets, more than it's retweeted 24,000 times. I wonder what those quote tweets say at this point and how many times it's been quote tweeted in the last two weeks. I'm sure so why it's why is Netflix not taking that down yet? <laughs> like, it's okay to own that.
3: <laughs> you you, you changed your, your policy. Mainstream.
2: You know, you changed your policy. It's okay. It's okay. Anyway, maybe they're, they're keeping not, that they're up there. They're
3: going to change it to love is 7
2: a month. Right. <laughs> <That one. laughs> love is $8 a month from your brother.
0: So. so I found that the Netflix travel thing, you click that you're traveling – and then you just go through a two-step verification process. That's all it is. Interesting. It, it does not check your, like, it doesn't recheck with it. As far as I can tell, it doesn't recheck it again. Yeah. So maybe maybe just get on the phone with whoever you're sharing your account with and get that code immediately. Get the tech savvy of your family yeah. to call a meeting. <laughs>
2: And uh, to go over the new uh, standards and procedures for Netflix, you may have to have a family Zoom about it. I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. and you're welcome at the same time. I guess I don't know. <laughs> we are we going to find
3: a workaround. <laughs> That's the exactly the what I was going to say.
2: We are
0: protesting
2: this. <laughs> Jeremy has, he has abandoned all else, and he is looking for the fix on Netflix. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio with Wilson, Jeremy, I'm Jay. Thanks so much for listening. Coming up next at 11, it's Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart right here on MPB Think Radio. Talking about a lot of things today, including the lack of gamers in Mississippi. Uh, We've been uh, touted as the least gaming state in the country. I think that may have something to do with the amount of rural space in Mississippi and the lack of availability of high-speed internet access to that place, but... In the coming weeks, there are changes afoot in Mississippi with regarding that very thing. Some pretty exciting news coming to Mississippi that we're going to be talking about a lot more as it looks like some federal money has been put to the side to come to Mississippi to help, to continue to help roll out. There's been some, some carriers in Mississippi that have done some really important work and not cheap work trying to build out the infrastructure to get some of this high-speed internet into the rural parts of mississippi it looks like they might get some help and that's awesome all right let's start today with mike in tupelo mike thanks for calling what's going on
5: good morning guys uh moving on from netflix i I want to talk ask you about uh, the youtube tv versus say direct stream Uh, Shout out to Pontotoc Electric Power. I mean, to Tom Bigby Electric Power out of Lee County. They delivered fiber to us over here in Pontotoc County. There you go. And so now we're faced with these awesome decisions of, you know, where to send the money to, whether it's YouTube TV or DirecTV stream, which I didn't know existed until I called DirecTV to cancel our satellite TV service. And um, so anyway, it's seemed to... Sixty dollar a month range. Um, one of the downfalls is you don't have as much uh, recorded material storage as we were used to when we actually had a uh, you know a, a two terabyte hard drive that was connected to the satellite yeah. that they provided. So anyway, so dollars per enjoyment, uh, amount of recorded space, uh, local channels availability. Uh, give me some words of wisdom there.
2: All right. Well, uh, the the YouTube TV again, uh, and if Wilt, Jeremy, if you guys want to jump in, I'll let y'all go first if you want to. Uh, no, you're like the authority on this, Jay. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I've I've spent some time with it, so YouTube TV is for me now. One of the things that you said is interesting. You went from like a a, a physical DVR that had a lot of capacity to a cloud DVR that has much less. And that's interesting that you said that, like that's a, like you've already run into an issue with that. So that's, that's something that I didn't use as much. So it was never really a practical issue for me, but that's interesting to hear that from you. The thing that I loved about uh, YouTube TV, and I will be honest with you, I've never tried the streaming versions of like say DirecTV for example, or any of the, the mini cable systems through mississippi or dish network for example which and they all offer a streaming only like no hardware type of option um and those are at first they had a similar price to what cable was which made them unenticing specifically versus what the the cord cutting options like a youtube tv were but over time those the There's been such a loss of subscribers to cable and satellite television that the cord cutting companies have been more and more comfortable with raising their rates and raising their rates and raising their rates. Where now, uh, and and I say now, like for two years now, two or three years now, from a price standpoint, from a price point, it's not really a difference between the two. So it's all in, in what is practical to you, the things you like the most. And for me that would still be YouTube TV if I was going to subscribe to a service because, and here's what made me comfortable with YouTube TV, more so as opposed to like a Sling. Sling is way cheaper than YouTube TV. Sling has a bunch of different tiers and you can get into a really inexpensive tier on Sling TV and watch good television. But the, the user interface on Sling was always wonky to me and I never got used to it. YouTube TV has a very direct TV, or if you used to have just cable back in the day, like we all did, right? YouTube TV operates much more like a linear cable box than any other of the internet providers. And that's my generation, man. I grew up in the 1980s. I was born in 79. So I had cable my whole life. And seeing how the lineup was laid out in front of you linearly, even though we don't really watch TV like that anymore. But the comfort in that and the the practicality, they made it interactive and useful. But just being able to see linear channel lineups, as opposed to just a bunch of TV channel logos and clicking on one and then seeing what's on there, being able to see everything in a line, you know, all the channels for this time right here. It's a really simple thing, but that's that's what hooked me. But... You know, I had YouTube TV for a couple of years, my TV watching became less and less and less, the price of YouTube TV became more and more and more, and then after a while we're paying $140 so my wife can watch first run episodes of Real Housewives of whichever county, and uh, I mean, that that wasn't worth it. So that's that's the reason we got rid of it. And we just, we basically, we're just YouTube premium subscribers now, and it's just as it's just as good. It's how we watch all of our TV. I don't know if you asked for
3: all of that, but that's that's my experience with it. I do want to add um, there's like $2 difference between YouTube and uh, Stream TV with TV, but they both have unlimited cloud DVR storage. So you should be able to save as much as you want.
5: You would think that, but the reality is that, you know, you get, you know 10 or 20 hours of of stored material and all of a sudden what you thought you were going to be able to look at is not there anymore and there's a message that says you've only got 20 minutes left
3: of storage space so um so it says you know, the, uh, recordings expire after three months um in a series recording you can record a maximum of 30 episodes so it may be that you're only saving one series. We're watching a lot of one particular I, I, show. We
5: we haven't bumped any of those limits. I, I I will dig into that and see if there's you know if I'm if we're doing something wrong on this end. But I would back up what Jay said. You know we we were used to having the, the guide a grid that you could pick from. You know what's on now, and that's what one of the things that direct stream has, and we yeah. enjoy that. Um, and then also the whole being able to record. Things you know let's say you wanted you know every endeavor or you know garden smart or whatever you know m p b production you wanted saved um versus going to the on demand thing and then having to hunt through you know six different apps to find the one show that you wanted so um Anyway, part of this is a learning curve. Part of it is learning the different remote controls. Uh, the direct stream is not as simple and Uh-oh. intuitive as the the old Direct TV, you know, satellite remote where you could punch Sadly, in none uh, of them are. a channel number. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, um, just <clears throat> lots of choices out there now. And it's and like you say, if you're not careful, you can go from expanding what you thought you were getting away from to double if you're not not careful
2: absolutely and it's something that you can't just and this is what i learned and mike we appreciate the call it's not something that you could kind of sign up for and then just like forget it because they move the goalposts on you regularly or at least they have been the last several years uh it it is an interesting question uh and we appreciate the call mike stay uh stay in touch with us um as as you continue to work through that give us a call back update us on on what you like from this thing and, and that thing over here you mentioned the uh the again the, the linear channel lineup thing and and that being a comfort for folks of a certain generation like myself um if you're looking to get back into it uh and and that's an important thing to you and, and this is speculation but i would guess that like uh, cable and satellite providers that offer these types of things would be very good at that because that's what they've that's been their bag the whole time is is linear television back in the day they were the ones that perfected that so i would imagine they have the best uh, in, um, implementation of that type of style in their presentation better. YouTube TV does it really well, but I, I can only imagine that Direct TV and, you know, whatever, you know, the several different cable companies around like Xfinity. I, I've seen theirs. I've seen, I've known some people that have had theirs. It looks, it looks super slick. It looks like a million bucks, like um, somebody with a lot of money to develop something like that. And with, I, I'd always, looked at those options kind of with a a negative connotation but there's no reason to especially now that they're all similarly priced i mean for a while they were not really contemporaries because of the price point now they all kind of are so there's no reason to hold one back versus the other or judge one versus the other go out and get them all use a bunch of trials and mike i would say in regard to being told that you have unlimited dvr and then running up against a bunch of um I guess restrictions. Yeah, I would make sure that your whatever tier you are subscribed to, that you're sure it has what you think you have, or what they may have told you you were gonna have. They may have told you one thing, and it turns out it's something else, and your expectation is something that costs a different tier, or is a different uh, feature for a different type of subscription for the same type of service. So. Um, you know, they may have accidentally led you astray in that situation. And, and it sounds like, uh, I mean, having a limit for unlimited sounds kind of limited for an unlimited. And so uh, that doesn't sound right. Now, look, we talk about how unlimited cell service is limited all the time. So maybe it works the same, but we appreciate the call. All right, let's go ahead to Pat, who is up next in Fairhope. Pat, thanks for calling. What's going on in Alabama this morning?
1: Oh, nothing much but a lot of heat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um I I only had one question until I listened to all of that with Mike, and now I've got about 15. <laughs> but I'm going to go back to my original one, and if we have time for a second one, I'll ask about that. But my first question was this. I have two different TVs. One is um, hooked up to my cable provider, Um, The other one, I have a little Roku thing that my grandson hooked up for me back in my bedroom. And I also have just a desktop computer. And my question is, are those three things all at the same IP address, or does each device have its own IP address?
3: That's an amazing question, by the way. That is a really good question. And, uh, is it really? Yeah,
1: that's a, I thought you going to say everybody knows No, that. that's
3: a phenomenal <laughs> question. There are okay, two answers to it. your question. Um, okay. As far as the rest of the Internet is concerned, they have one IP, and that's your okay. network IP. But as far as them okay. as devices on your local network, they have three different local IP addresses.
1: Oh, my word. So,
3: yeah, so the, the difference Netflix is Netflix that your network is separated from the rest of the internet. So for them to be able to uh, communicate, they have to have their own individual addresses on your local network.
1: Okay. So network doesn't public say have IP address.
3: address. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But your public okay. IP address, okay. as long as those devices are on that same network, will be the same.
1: Okay. Good. Well um I have a sister who's recently moved to the Jackson area and she and her husband have their internet and then they have the YouTube TV that you were talking about with Mike and um, I don't know what the rates, when you say the rates keep going up and up and up, but if I don't do something soon, I'm going to be paying $300 a month for just internet and cable service through Mediacom I hate to say their name, but that's who it is so I'm, I'm looking for some
2: other options. Well, and, they're the uh, ones charging you the money, so you can certainly say their name. So if they don't like how okay. uh, if they don't All like right, how how much they're charging sounds over the radio, they could lower that price and it'd
3: be cool. But yeah, uh, well, yeah. They, they may not be
1: listening to Mississippi Public Radio, but I, I
3: do every day. But, <laughs> it it, it wouldn't guys, matter if they um, were listening because you can say whatever you want. That's the beauty of public radio. There you go. Uh, that's that's one reason I okay. do this show is because I can come up here and go, "This is terrible. This is bad. You guys need to do better." So as far as uh, what you're paying every month, that sounds exorbitant. So I would definitely revise what you're paying for and uh, see how you can slim that down. I personally don't uh, subscribe to a lot of uh, definitely not TV services. I use just the limited streaming services and I pay around 30 bucks a month for the, for the few services that I have. Actually it's less than that because one of them is included with my phone. So, I would definitely look into uh, how you might be able to cut down on that.
1: Right. Well, let me ask you this: On YouTube TV, do you get your local channels? And like, I'm a sustaining member of Mississippi Public Television, but I'm also one of Alabama Public Television. So I do the TV through Alabama.
2: But um, well, you live in Fairhope, so you would get Mobile's yeah. TV stations. You would get uh, the the public the public stations for yeah. For mobile, yeah,
1: like my network. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what I needed to know. I just I'm learning. I love your show. Well, thank you so much. And and, um, and
2: like with anybody that that's called in and has questions, and they're going through a process because it sounds like you're about to get into having to kind of unfold and look and see what you want to do next. We'd love to hear how that process works for you. So stay in touch with us.
1: Okay. Who am I speaking with right now? This is Jay. Jay White. Yes, ma'am. Okay.
2: Well, thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate it.
1: Yeah, good deal. Have a great day.
2: All right, you do the same. All right, time for one more. Let's go to Jane in Liberty. Jane, thanks for calling. Good morning. What's going on?
6: Yes, good morning. Um, I have a question. Uh, I live, actually, my my address is Liberty, but I live 11 miles north of Liberty in the northeast corner of Emmett County. Um and we can't get internet at all. Um and I I had dish and my two year contract ran out and they went from like sixty five dollars a month to hundred and forty seven. Um, so I dropped them. I tried um, direct, you know, it's just too expensive. I'm a a a senior citizen on a very limited Budget, like a lot of the people around here, so what do we do?
3: Well, if you have no internet uh streaming is not going to be an option for you uh you would have to uh see if you can hook an antenna up to your t v and get whatever comes over the air.
6: I did, and all I get is um uh m p v which mm. I love m p v I love yeah, look at those. you. Yeah, I listen. I watch most well only MTV. Oh, uh, that's do. Well, I then your problem—you <laughs> got no problem at all. Well, no,
2: have you uh, <laughs> have you asked around to see what uh, providers you may have there in that part of the world?
6: Yes, I have, what? and I have called. I have asked. I have all of us have mm-hmm. that lives along here. And it's just, uh, we cannot get um, anything that we can afford. Mm-hmm. Like I See, said, when I you're w- a single citizen and uh, divorce female, especially. Uh, you know, well, Due to your, your financial food.
3: limitations, um, that's why I didn't suggest Starlink, because I, I, w- I would. Um, but the initial yeah. investment into that is like 500 bucks, and then I think it's $100 a month. Is less than what Dish wanted to charge you, but ultimately it's not going to pan out to something that you can afford. So you would have to look at well, what you can get uh, over the air from your TV, unless your uh, financial situation improves.
6: Yeah. Okay. That's because I've been hearing even on MTV the news and all, but they were getting money, and I do know they were laying cable lines uh, about a mile from me.
3: I'm well if like they're laying cable digital. that close to you well, it then depends. Yeah. they may be rolling out broadband in your area. Well, so definitely I, I, I think there's I think you have multiple broadband options
2: in that area, but it's about affordability. Like mm-hmm. C Spire is available to from uh, an article that I'm seeing. Uh about eighty eighty percent of people in Emmett County. Uh and T Mobile Home is available and it's saying ninety nine percent. I don't know the accuracy of those numbers. But that's a couple of options, but your qualification was cheap home internet, uh, high speed, and eh, I don't know. It's going to be a minute, especially because there's a lot of infrastructure built in A lot of uh, uh, expensive infrastructure built into getting it into rural areas. Jane, thanks so much for the call. We're right up against the end of the show. Thanks so much, everybody, for calling and listening. Stay tuned. Southern Remedy is up next on MPB Think Radio. We'll be back next Wednesday at 10 for Everyday Tech on Think Radio.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.